Good morning, church. How y'all doing? Happy New Year. Glad to see you guys. Glad you made it out to celebrate with us this morning and to worship the Lord. Uh, We've been in a series called Christmas Lights, and uh, last week we celebrated the arrival of the light of the world, right? We were celebrating the birth of Jesus, and the fact that that Jesus arrived made such an impact on the world that it changed how millions of people would live their lives, right? This arrival of a baby changed people throughout history, changed the course of lives, changed how we choose to live, and the same is true for many of us this morning. We live the way we do because Jesus came because of what he did for us, because he came to love us, because he came to rescue us, we have adopted how we live our lives in response to that truth. And that's, and, and, and that's the hope, right, that our lives would match up with what, everything that Jesus has done for us, amen? That's what we hope. And uh, so as, as we, this morning, as I unpack a little bit more about light and kind of bring to a close, this Christmas light series, I wanna ask you guys a question. How many of you have a favorite influencer? Okay, how many of you are like, what is she talking about? All right, so not a lot of you, I get that. All right, so um, an influencer, in the world today, if you don't know this, in the world today, we have a whole group of people who live, who make a living as influencers. And, uh, and if that sounds crazy, it is a little bit. But um, what is an influencer? They're usually on social media, and uh, they have a significant number of followers that use their platform. They market goods uh, or services based on brand partnerships, and they use their online presence kind of to collaborate and uh, to advertise products, right? So influencers would have some sort of a specialized interest or insight into a specific subject. And uh, so today, I want to talk about influence, but I want to talk about the fact that you are an influencer, that you have specific things that you know and have experienced that you need to use to influence the world around you. You are an influencer for Jesus, right? You are going to make a difference in the world because of what you know. And uh, on Tuesday mornings, uh, I teach a class here on Tuesday mornings, and I did a series this fall uh, called Who Do You Think You Are? And the main uh, message, the main question for that series was, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. When you know who you are, you will know what to do. The question then becomes, who do you think you are? Right, who are you? Who did Jesus say you were? Who does the Bible say you are? And so today, I want to remind you of something that's in Scripture. Today, I want to remind you that according to Jesus, if you're a Christian, a committed follower of Christ, God has called you to be a change agent, a divine influencer in the world around us. You have a job to do. The day you came to Christ, you were, you were, uh, you were hired on as an influencer for the kingdom of God right? You, you made a commitment, you accepted Christ, and all of a sudden, you now are a person who is out there influencing for the kingdom. Jesus said it this way in Matthew five thirteen. He said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. 
So according to Jesus, part of who you are, part of who he says you are, is you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Now that's kind of a massively important statement, right? He doesn't just say like, you are a salt of Port Huron, right? Or, or the light of your neighborhood. He says, you're the, the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And so I want you to realize who you are in Christ so you will know what you need to do this year, right? 2023, we've got a blank slate out ahead of us. And I would say that most of you, you're here because you love Jesus. You want to know more about him. You're coming here to learn. You're coming here to worship this God of the universe, right? And most of us would leave here going, yes, I want to make a difference. How do we do that? We first off, we embrace that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. So if you're the salt of the earth, what does that mean? Like, is that a good thing? Is that why are we, what does salt got to do with anything? And so in the context that Jesus was speaking, his listeners would have known this truth, that salt was known as the second most important commodity in the earth. The first one was the sun, right? The first one was light. First one was the sun shining down on the world, but number two was salt. Because of everything that you could do with salt back in the time before refrigeration, before modern conveniences, salt was super important. In fact, in ancient Rome, people were often paid in salt. They were paid, that's how valuable it was, they were paid in salt. If you've ever heard the phrase, he's not worth his salt, that's where it comes from. That you were getting paid in salt. Um, so Jesus says that you are salt. What does that, what did salt do? How is that valuable? First off, salt preserves. If you're a Christian, you should be a divine preserver. You should be out talking to people about eternity. You should be talking about uh, relationship with Jesus. You should be looking to invest into people to preserve them, right? Jesus came to seek and save those who were lost. We are to do the same. We're to be out preserving people. Salt also creates thirst, doesn't it? If you've ever been to a bar, chances are that you've had some nuts or chips and salsa or something like that, right? Or you could be at a restaurant if the bar upsets you. Um, right, I've just heard about that. Um, so, but you, you got some nuts or you got some crackers or you got some, uh, some chips and salsa. Why? Because the salt makes you thirsty. And what is the hope? That you will want to purchase more drinks. You will be thirsty. You will take more in of what they want to sell you. So that is like, that's this salt creates this thirst. Can I just tell you as a Christian, you as how you live your life should be creating a divine thirst in people around you. That they look at your life and they go, wow, that's amazing, I want that. I want some of that. I wanna know that that's refreshing. Their life is refreshing and I want that in my life. I'm thirsty for something and it looks like they might have it. That's part of why when Jesus says we're the salt of the earth, we are supposed to be creating a divine thirst for him, transforming lives, why? Because they look at us and they go, wow, you're full of joy. Even when you shouldn't be, even when everything is crazy, salt creates thirst. Another thing that salt does that's really interesting is it melts things. 
right? In Michigan, we're well aware of this, right? We know that when a snowstorm, an ice storm comes, things get slippery, and what do we do? We throw salt out, right? Because salt melts the frozen things. And I love this. In the same way, with the warmth of God's love, we are salt to the world where we're melting hard hearts. We're supposed to be melting hard hearts. We're supposed to be coming alongside people and saying, listen, I want you to be able to hear about the things of God and I, I know that, that maybe you've been hurt, but I wanna, I wanna come and melt that heart and show you that Christians love, that we can melt those things. And then the last thing that I wanna talk about with salt is that salt purifies and heals. If you've ever been in the ocean, you know, and, you, have you, and you, maybe you didn't even know you had a cut on your knee, but you do know as soon as you enter the ocean, right? There's like this, ah, oh, I didn't even know I had that. But what does salt do? Salt also heals. It pulls out impurities, and it's a healing agent. And so we, in the same way, we um, need to be, as we're filled with the Spirit of God, we can be in healing, a healing agent to the world who've been hurt by religion, who've been hurt by the church, who've been hurt or turned away of the things of God, we have the opportunity when we live as salt to bring healing, to come alongside and love on people, right? And to bring them to a place where they're like, man, you're different than what I thought. You're different, I didn't realize I needed this, and yet I see in you something that I want, something that makes me thirsty, something that melts my heart, something that's bringing me preservation to my life and my future. As followers of Jesus, that's our job, to preserve, create a thirst, melt hearts that are cold, bring healing to people's hearts. We're the salt of the earth. But he says, what else are you? This goes with our topic really well of Christmas lights, is we are the light of the world. He goes on to say this, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives lights to everyone in the house. Now, he was taking into context when he said that, that everyone understood that in a Palestinian home there weren't a lot of windows. So there weren't a lot of places for light to get in. And so you would put a light in a good place in your house so that it would light up as much of the house as possible right? And so you would never want to cover it up because you need the light. It's a benefit to everyone around it. And um, he says this, he says, as Christians, do not cover up your light. In fact, he goes on in verse 16 to say this, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. He says, so in the same way that you wouldn't cover up a lamp you need to let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds, glorify your Father in heaven. We are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. The world needs salt because there's a lot of, of broken stuff. There's a lot of healing that's needed. It needs the healing presence of the Holy Spirit that resides in us. The world needs light because the world is dark. It's a dark place. You don't have to look far to see darkness in our world but we are meant to be the salt of the whole earth and the light of the entire world. And I go back to this quote, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. When you, when you meet someone and you understand that you are salt and light and you get to know someone and you go, this is who they are and this is what they need and I am salt and light, 
I know what to do. I know how to love. I know that I need to reach out. I need to be a preserver. I need to be a melter. I need to be a healer. I need to bring light into a dark situation. Because, because we're light, we don't run from darkness. We shine into it. Because we're salt, we don't run from impurities. God uses us as a change agent. Um, you, as a Christian, are a Christ-empowered influencer, and your life makes a difference. That's who you are. And I really want to focus on this. Because you're light, you don't run from the darkness. So often, I think, in, in, the, in the world we live in now, the church has gotten to a place where we kind of are like, well, let's close ranks. It's dark out there. Maybe we should take care of ourselves. No. As light, we need to run into the darkness, right? That's what we need to do. We want to continue to confront darkness, not to run from it. And some of you are like, well, I don't feel like salt, and I don't feel like light, and I'm not sure if I'm doing a very good job. Can I just tell you the fact that the Holy Spirit lives in you is the fact that you are salt and light. He goes where you go, okay? So here's the thing. If you are a Christian, if you have Jesus in your heart, when you go into a situation, did you know that the Holy Spirit goes with you? Right? It doesn't matter if you're like trying to take him. He goes in the room. When I go in the room, the Holy Spirit goes in the room. Think about what happens in the, in the spiritual world when a Christian walks into darkness. There's light. Right? And a lot of times we're like, well, I don't feel that way. You don't have to feel that way. It's a fact. The Holy Spirit residing in you goes where you go. You get to take him into the darkness. You get to take him into places that need salt and light. You can lose your effectiveness, yes. You can put a cover over your light, yes. But the Holy Spirit in you really would like to get out there, would like to minister to people around you. So if you're a Christian, you want to be salt, you want to be light in the world, we need to act like it. As we head into this new year, we need to make a, a, a challenge to ourselves to be salt and light in the situations around us. I want to focus on two things that... Um, I, th I think if we as Christians take them seriously, these two things will empower us to be salt and light in the earth and make a difference this coming year. And number one is this. As the light, we are going to focus on Jesus so much that letting our light shine becomes the natural way we live. Some of us, we, we need to get back to focused on Jesus. We've gotten focused on other things. We've gotten, uh, pr our priorities may be a little bit messed up. And this year, you have a fresh slate to say, you know, this year I'm really going to seek Jesus. I'm going to seek knowing him. I'm going to spend time with him. I'm going I'm to fill my life with him so that I can't help but love people. I can't help but let my light shine. I'm going to seek him, and it's going to be a natural flow of my life. As a Christian, when we really think about what God has done for us, if we really take to heart everything that he does and how he blesses us and how he cares for us, really we should have nothing but an overflow of our heart for, into the world around us to let it shine. I want to give you an example of two people who did this in the Bible really well. In Acts chapter 16, if you have your Bible, you can go there. There's, this, there's two guys who impacted the world in amazing ways. They lived um, in a way that they knew that they were salt and light. They lived in a way that impacted everyone around them. Their names were Paul and Silas. They'd been transformed by Christ. They'd been 
Uh, their lives had been radically changed and they were busy telling everyone they could about how their lives were changed, right? And so everywhere they went, they're telling people about Jesus and the religious authorities didn't like what they were doing and they said, hey, you guys have to stop. And so what would happen is they didn't stop, right? They didn't listen to the, the religious people. They didn't listen to the, the authorities. They said, we have to keep preaching about Jesus. We have to keep talking about him. Why? Because of all that he's done for us. And so they would arrest them and beat them. And then they'd release them and don't do that again. And then they would go out and preach and they would arrest them and they would beat them, right? And it just kept going over and over again. They simply wouldn't stop. And in Acts chapter 16, there's a, a, this verse, verse 24, it says, um, this in, the introductory part that says, as we're heading into the story, it says, listen, they were stripped and flogged and put in prison and their legs were put into stocks. So that sounds like a bad day, right? It sounds like a bad day. And, uh, and so they've been... <laughs> There's, it, it was not just a bad day, it was a super bad day, because here, if you think about it, I've thought about this, and I'm like, this, I do not want this to happen to me. They were stripped naked. Bad day, right? How many of you are like, that would be a bad day? I don't want that. But then not only was that the case, then they were whipped and beaten, and then they were thrown in a dungeon, and their legs were put in stocks, and they, so they were tri- uh, fixed to the ground, and they were not able to move, even if they were having leg cramps and stuff, which you might have after you've been beaten, right? And so there they are, it's dirty, it's gross, really, really bad day. What do Paul and Silas do on this really bad day? According to Acts 16, verse 25, it says this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, and they were singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. That's not my first (laughs) go-to. I've been stripped and beaten and chained to the floor, uh, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, I think I, I just think I have a song in my heart. Well, you do, (laughs) but you do when you realize that what Jesus has done for you, when you realize that that is overarching all of the bad things that could happen, you're like, but Jesus loves me, he came to rescue me, right? They're focused on that. So they're praying and they're singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. And can I tell you, they did that just because that's who they were. They were letting their light shine. What I know didn't happen is they didn't have an emergency meeting and go, okay, Paul, what should we do? I mean, there's other prisoners. Do you think if we sing a song? Would a song help, do you think? No, they didn't have a meeting to figure out what they should do. They lived, they lived who they were. And so they're like, they're singing a song, they worshiped, they prayed, and everyone else was watching and listening, and they did it because it was the overflow of who they were, because they were so focused on Jesus, they were so, committed to knowing him and following him that you can't help it but it just flew out of them. And so there they are in prison singing, so moved by what Jesus did for them, they can't help it, even in prison, they're joy-filled, right? And uh, it's a little bit like the moon. I don't know if you've ever noticed on a good day uh, when the moon is up and we go, man, the moon is shining so brightly. Have you ever seen the moon so bright and big and huge in the sky? And we go, yeah, look at the moon is shining so brightly. Can I get technical for a minute? Does the moon actually shine? No, 
The moon does not shine. What shines? The sun, right? The sun. So the sun shines and the moon does what? It reflects. That's us. Jesus, the sun, is shining on us and we're reflecting. We are the moon and we are showing the world the light of the sun as it reflects off of us. We may not be bright on our own, right? Some of us brighter than others, but, but it's a fact. But um, we might not be bright all on our own, but simply because the sun of God is shining on our lives, we reflect to the world around us, the truth of who he is. It's a natural overflow of who we are. But here's the thing, it has to be who you are. You have to be seeking him so that you can reflect him. You wanna get to know him. You wanna spend time understanding who he is and what he's done for you. Paul said this, he said, in another place, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ ever, ever. I will talk about him wherever I go. I will speak of him wherever I go. I'm gonna confess him publicly even when it's hard, even in prison, I am not ashamed of Jesus, I will not hide my faith, I would never put a bowl over the light anywhere, anytime. And I wonder sometimes if we, if the world hasn't cowed us into uh, being like, oh, well we can't really do that, it's not politically correct. So what? Can I say that? You don't have to be politically correct, right? You're a follower of Jesus. Um, it's who you are, you're meant to shine. You're not just like, well, yeah, I go to church on Sunday. No, I'm a follower of Jesus. I've been transformed by him anywhere, all the time. He's at the front of my mind. That's what I want. That's what I want for this new year. I wanna be so focused on him that I can't help but reflect him. So focused, he's my greatest joy and representing him is a joy to me. You let your light shine. Well, here's what happened as they were letting their light shine. Verse 26 of Acts 16 says, Suddenly there was such a great violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. So you might say, well, why would he do that? Why would he kill himself? Because he knew very well in Roman rule that if for any reason a prisoner escaped, the jailer would be publicly executed. And so he says, I'll just get it over with myself. I'll take care of it myself. But I love this. In, in verse 28, scripture says, Paul shouted, do not harm yourself, we are all here. Do not harm yourself, we are here. And to me that's amazing, because honestly, if God broke me out of prison, I'm gone. Right? I'm like, I need out. This is not a good place. I'm in a dungeon. I'm getting out of here. Bad place. But, and I, can I say I feel like that's what Christians do a lot these days, and I do this myself, so I'm, I'm talking to myself in this situation, that so often I look at the world outside, and I'm like, darkness, secular culture, you know, uh, and I run from it, rather than going, no, I, I'm going to stay. I'm gonna stay here. Darkness is not something you run from when you're the light, you shine into it. And Paul said this, it says Paul and Silas did this, they stuck around and they said to the guy that they could have wanted to see harmed, right? He's the jailer. He says, don't hurt yourself, we are still here. And I wonder if the world doesn't need to see and hear that the followers of Jesus are still here. We're still here. 
We're in this with you. We're not against you. We're here. We're coming alongside of you. Um, we sh- it, I love it. They showed love for the guy. They're like, no, no, don't hurt yourself. We're here. We're sticking around. That's being salt and light. You don't run. You stay. You show love for the world around you. You show love. And this was an incredible act of love. They could have left, but they didn't. When you care, you can minister to people in profound ways, and that's what they did. They love this guy. They're like, dude, don't hurt yourself. We're here, it's okay, we didn't leave. It's amazing what can happen when you see darkness as an opportunity to shine your light rather than run from it. It's amazing how you can impact the lives of people around you when you invest into the darkness rather than running from it. When you shine your light, but oh, it's dark. You know, Pastor Ann, it's dark. Yeah, it is. That's why you're here, <laughs> to be light, right? You shine into the darkness. John 1, 5 says this, the light shines in the darkness and darkness cannot overcome it. You are an undercover agent of change. You're supposed to be doing something. You're supposed to be bringing the love and goodness of God to the world around you. So as we go into this new year, as the light We want to focus our seeking on Jesus, letting our light shine, because that's the natural way we live, right? We're like, I'm just going to love Jesus and I'm going to shine. We're going to spend time knowing him. Hopefully that's my challenge to you that this year, uh, and more than ever, you're going to seek to know Jesus. You're going to love him and it's going to overflow. And then the other thing that you need to understand is that your salt and light living will change lives. And I love this, in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, when they said, we're still here, the jailer called for the lights. He rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, and I think this is one of the most powerful questions that people can ask you when they've seen you live like salt and light. When they've seen you be faithful to the God you serve, when they see you be faithful to loving people and emulating Jesus, one of the most powerful questions they can ever ask you is they can look at you and say, I've seen your life, I've seen your faith, what must I do to have that? What must I do to be saved? That's what the jailer said. I want what you have. And then you know you've created a thirst, right? You've given them something to want. And they say, I've seen you worship when you shouldn't have been worshiping. Some of you have gone through the darkest things and you're still worshiping the Lord and people around you are going, wow, what is that? That's our goal, right? to stay focused on Jesus. I've heard you preach when they told you to stop. I heard you, to speak, I heard you speak out and, and stand true to your faith even when it costs you something. I've seen it and now I want it, right? I've seen it and now I want it. They said this to him, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your whole household. You call upon his name, you become a new creation. You become a part of the team that's outshining the light. You become light. You become salt. And here's the deal. It's when you know him. It's not just when you come to church. It's when you know him. There's a difference. Some of you know that. There's a difference between I came to church on Sunday and it's not really a big part of who I am. It's something I do. Or there's this idea of that Jesus is my life. My relationship with Christ is my life and I seek him at every chance I get, and I shine the light of him every chance I get. 
Oftentimes, light and salt work best over a long period of time. It may not be that they come to you straight away and go, how do I get what you have? But they watch you, and when they need something, they, understand, they need Jesus, they need help in their life, and they know where to come because you've been faithful to being salt and light. Some of you, you've got somebody you gave up on. You gave up on them. You stopped trying to be salt and light. You're like, they're lost. They're hopeless. Don't you dare give up on anybody. Don't you dare. Don't you dare forget that the God who transformed your life can transform anyone around you. You are faithful to seeking God and knowing him and shining your light and being salt and and trying to build a thirst. But don't you give up on anybody because there are people out there who desperately need you to be salt and light, not running from the darkness, but shining into it. Will it be challenging? Yes. Have you seen the world? It's a mess, right? But that's okay because God does his best work in the middle of messes. Look at us, right? How many of you know that he's rescued you out of some of your darkest places? And what I love about this story is that when you shine your light, you don't know how far it will go. You don't know the impact it will make. But what's amazing about this story is that this jailer was impacted by Paul and Silas in Philippi. And many people believe that it's the single event that brought about the entire church in the city of Philippi, right? Two people sharing with one guy whose whole family got changed that overflowed into a church that we actually have a letter from because it was an amazing thing that happened. We're called to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. You're not just a regular Christian, you're a change agent. You're an influencer in the world. But that's, you get to do what you want with that. It's your calling, right? If you know who you are, you know what to do. Some of us need to embrace that we're salt and that we're light. So that behind the scenes we shine We shine quietly, out front, we shine boldly. We make a difference with who we are because we love Jesus so much and we're so thankful for what he's done for us. We're seeking him every day so that we shine out into the light, or out into the world, the light that God's given us. You are meant to be a Christ-empowered change agent in the world. What are you gonna do with it? You got an entire year ahead of you, right? Blank slate. Wouldn't it be awesome if next year, when we're here on the first of the year, and we look back and we go, wow, what an amazing year I had because I made a commitment to seek Jesus with everything I had, to love Jesus and to shine that light. And maybe next year, there'll be people sitting here with you. They were like, I saw what you had and I wanted it. You created a thirst in me and here I am. And some of you, maybe this year you did that and you have people with you and that's awesome. But it only happens when we take seriously the truth that Jesus says you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You need to do something with that. My challenge is to you, my challenge is to me to make much of the opportunities given to us this year to to shine Jesus to the world around us because let me tell you, they need it. As much as you needed it, you needed someone to share Jesus with you They need you to be the light. They need you to be the salt. 
They need you to invest and not to, to, to step back from the dark, but to boldly walk into it. Say, I'm gonna shine my light into a dark world because when I shine my light, the dark cannot overcome me. Remember that truth. When you know who you are, you know what to do. Let me pray for us. God, thank you. Thank you for being the light of the world. Thank you for Jesus coming to rescue us. And Lord, thank you for the truth that we have a purpose, that you've called us to be salt and to be light into the world around us, that we're not here just to, to get by until you take us home to be with you. We're here to make a difference so that more people go with us and more people uh, know the truth of you and they live with the hope of a savior. And Lord, it can look pretty dark and bleak out there sometimes. Would you remind us on a daily basis that we are light and not to run from darkness, but to walk into it? To shine boldly and brightly in the darkest of places? Would you help us to do that with the best of our ability? Would you take us beyond what we can do on our own to inter interact and invest in the world around us? Would you speak into the hearts of others because we're allowing you to use us. And Lord, would you give each of us, everyone in this room, an opportunity this year to go, I saw God use me in a unique way because I was willing to shine my light into darkness. I was willing to, to be a healing agent into people's lives. God, thank you for wanting to partner with us. I pray for this year ahead, for each person here that we would have just an amazing year of, ahead that we would stay focused on you, that you would draw us close to you. We'd have a year of spiritual growth like none that we've had before. We love you, we're so blessed to be your children. We're so blessed that you chose to come and to rescue us. And we wanna offer that to the world around us. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you wanna pray, if you have some questions, you're more than welcome to come on up. We'll have some prayer partners up here. Um, otherwise, you are dismissed, and I hope you have a great new year.